Gilbert Andrew Garcia. Join me on my new radio show, A Tip from Gilbert. Talk, inspiration, and prayer every Monday from 11 to 11.45 at 96.9 FM, 1360 AM, KWWJ. Or you can call in at 832-570-8075. Write me at a tip from Gilbert at gmail.com. See you then. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Gilbert Garcia again with a tip from Gilbert. Mr. Producer, you can just let that be soft in the background. I love uh, Neil Diamond. And, of course, you know, we always have a song. And, and Neil Diamond is just a, a, a master writer. People don't realize how many songs he's written. And this, of course, is one of the songs, Dear Father, which is from the movie soundtrack of Jonathan Livingston Siegel. I saw that movie. I didn't understand what I saw. But I saw the movie. But the music is phenomenal, and we'll hear more about this song in a minute. But this is a tip from Gilbert, talk, inspiration, and prayer. We're here every Monday, of course, from 11 to 11.45 on Keep Walking with Jesus, KWWJ, 1360 AM, 96.9 FM. And you can call in, as always, at 832-570-8075 and email me at a tip from Gilbert at gmail.com. We have Representative Garnett Coleman here with us. And I got to tell you, Representative, it is so great to have you on this show. Somehow, when you think about the name Coleman and the Garnett Coleman, your family that, that is just synonymous with public service, right? Is, is that, you know, tell us a little bit about your father and how that was sort of ingrained in you. Well, my, my father was a physician, but you have to think that if you go back to the 50s and 60s, and particularly in the 70s, you didn't have the representation that you have now. As a matter of fact, uh, he was moving around during Jim Crow. So he was a physician, but things weren't balanced at all. So he spent his time trying to make sure that uh, people of color got a seat at the table, starting off it with uh, city council and in 1973 with, with the legislature, uh, and then with the Congress. So it was very important uh, that, that people have access. And that's how it was ingrained, that that's what we're supposed to do. You're supposed to vote, you're supposed to work on campaigns, you're supposed to knock on doors, you're supposed to do those things to advance uh, representation. Well, you, you uh, I mean, your father's a legend, right? I mean, it's just, and, and, and so are you. So you've been in the legislature how long, Representative? 30 years. 30 years. When you first ran, let me, let's go back to when Garnett Coleman was a young Garnett Coleman. Did you ever think 
you know, one day I'm going to be in the legislature and I'm going to write all these laws and I'm going to do all these great things for people's health care and mental health and I'm going to do all these great things for 30 years. Did you ever dream that? No. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I, I thought, well, if I last, you know, five to ten, that's, that's good enough. Um, and I, I had no idea. As a matter of fact, um, I, I, you know, I didn't think that I would be here a long time, you know, not for any other reason that that wasn't my objective. Um, and I've enjoyed service and you learn, but it, it, it's the... I guess it's the, the, the idea that it's dynamic. Uh, this is a place where you can learn and do a lot. So I like learning uh, and I like putting to work the, the things that I learn. And this is the greatest place to implement uh, things that you learn. Um, so it's been really a, 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 an intellectual journey as well as a personal journey, as well as uh, the ability to do something good for people because I, I really do believe, just like my father was a doctor, uh, I really do believe that we're, we have to provide service to our community, whether we're elected or not. Well, let me ask you this, Representative. Do you know how many votes you've cast? I mean, I mean you've got to have cast thousands. I mean, how, do you know? How many votes have you cast in 30 years? I have no idea. I mean, that would be a wonderful trivia. I mean, can you imagine how many votes you've cast or how many how many bills you have sponsored and how many laws you have passed. I mean, what an extraordinary career. Well, let me ask you, what is the thing if you, I mean, is there something, I mean, this is, think of it like Tom Brady. And when someone talks to Tom Brady, you know, they say like, what was your most important Super Bowl that you remember the most vividly? Well, what was the most important session or special session that you just kind of remember so vividly and I don't know if it's vividly because it was difficult or vividly because of the success but I let that to be for you what stands out in your mind over these 30 years what stands out uh, was being a member of the House Appropriations Committee uh, in the 90s up till 2001 and being the House member that negotiated with the Senate uh, on Article 2 which is Health and Human Services so from 1995 uh, to 2001, essentially, uh, along with my Senate counterpart, I wrote the Health and Human Services budget for the state of Texas. So uh, those things, uh, I think, in, in collection were uh, a really big deal. And, I, I, and the same is with uh, passing CHIP. I mean, that, that, uh, you know, those are things that you just never thought you would do. But I didn't think about it like that. I just would put my head down and do and, and plow. Well, now, but do you ever, and this is a silly question, but for us um, sort of laymen, do you just, or lay women that, you know, just lay people, do you ever sit back and, you know, when it's done and something great was accomplished and you're in your bed and you're getting ready to sleep, do you ever say, you know, I did a lot of good today? I mean, does that, there's got to be this feeling of, I just impacted the lives of, 10,000 Texans or something. There's got to be some, I don't know the feeling, some rejoice or some incredible feeling, right? I mean, what does that feel like? Well, it, it, it's, it's really good, but it doesn't sink in until it actually is, you know, implemented <laughs> and those things are working. But it's really interesting because I don't, I don't do this for my own satisfaction. 
As a matter of fact, as soon as I get something done, I go on to something else. Yeah. And so it's a matter of doing and solving problems, and, and that's been, you, you know, it's sort of like in football, you know, somebody might spike the ball, but that's five minutes. Yeah. Uh, so it's the same thing. It's five minutes because, you know, you go on to the next challenge because there's so many challenges out there. Uh, if you're spinning around thinking about and celebrating, you're not dealing with the job. Spending time looking at yourself and celebrating. Amen for that. Well, let me ask you this. So, Representative, so, I don't know, just looking afar, and I'm just looking from afar, right, where I sit. I'm just a voter and a citizen. Am I off base to say, God, it just sure seems like things are nastier in the legislature these days. Or, or, or does, or do you just sort of say that every year, and it's just part of life? And did people say this forty years ago, twenty years ago? And it's just kind of the way it is. It's kind of like music. People say, "God, the '80s were the best music." Well, twenty years from now, people will say the 2010s were the best music. You know, or is there something about today's times that really are? I don't know, meaner, difficult. I'd like so to get your remember, view on that. Texas was a state that had started off as essentially a single party state. It's all Democrats. And in the 70s and going forward, Republicans started winning uh, elections all the way up to 2003 when Republicans took over the Texas House. It has been different since then. The idea of bipartisanship has shrunk each session after that. Uh, and what has happened is this idea of finding common ground, unfortunately, uh, has waned, particularly over the last oh, 10 years. Um, and it, 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 you just have to keep going, but it, but it's, it is meaner. Uh, and there's not this idea that there's not a common definition of doing good. And it's less and less uh, agreed upon as we go. So you feel it. Do the, do, do the legends, do you and some of the, I don't want to say the old, the, 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 the Obi-Wan Kenobis, the wise that have be, been there a long time, do y'all ever say late at night, God, can you believe how, where we are today? I mean, do y'all so reflect? So I'm number five in seniority. So if you think about it that way, I've talked to the people who are ahead of me in seniority. And I was talking to John Smithy, who's number four in seniority, and he's from uh, uh, from Amarillo. I think it's Amarillo. I might be love it. But anyway, and he's been there a little longer than me. And we were talking during this last session that this just isn't the same place. And, and, and he's a Republican. It's just not the same place. It's very interesting that that's coming from a Republican as well. This is a Republican. That's what, I mean, that's, that's very interesting uh, that even he, the number four Republican, is saying things are changing here. Oh, it's totally different, man. I mean, it, it, no, we didn't have, um, it wasn't mean like, uh, and uh, ideologically bad. Uh, and that just wasn't what we were doing. Uh, whether it was to some degree under Tom Craddock, it just has gotten worse and worse and worse, and particularly since Trump. Well, I want to come back to that. Uh, we have a caller, uh, Representative, just stay right there, and I do want to get in our quick prayer that we always do. Uh, caller, do I have a caller in? Hey, Gilbert, this is Molly Cook. How are you doing? Molly, how are you? 
I am great. Thank you for asking. I have Representative Coleman here. And Molly, I think you're on your uh, journey of potential public service here. And, uh, you know, we wish you well. You know, Garnett Coleman, he is number five in leadership, having served 30 years in the Texas House. Can you imagine that? That's amazing. Isn't that amazing? And imagine the sacrifices along the way. I mean, they've got to be many, whether it's family life, personal life, just, just because special sessions, they go late at night, they're in the morning. I mean, it's just, it's just on and on and on. But Molly, what's up with you then? So how was your weekend and what did you do this weekend? Tell us. Well, we knocked on a bunch of doors and had a community bike ride for our volunteers and are just continuing to build support for the movement and the campaign for Texas Senate District 15. What is happening in the whole I-45 uh, with you, Molly? I know that's where you sort of cut your teeth on community service. What's, what's going on with all that? Yeah, I mean, I'll say with pride that in absence of my leadership, the group has really developed new leaders and kept it moving and is um, still advocating for things on the local and regional level that I'm just so proud to watch as I'm campaigning. And I-45 is still paused, which, of course, nobody thought was possible. So very exciting stuff. Amazing. Representative Coleman, are you involved with that? I uh, Excuse my ignorance. The whole I-45 and expansion of the neighborhoods and that Part of it's in my district. Oh, I my downtown, goodness. downtown, and so the ring that goes around downtown, yeah. and then you go south down 45. I don't go past, uh, oh, let's see. I don't go past the, the north side of downtown. So, uh, so yes, I'm involved. What are your thoughts there? You know, it's, it's a catch-22. Uh, I know from when Jessica was serving in the legislature, there's a lot of interest in that. There's still a lot of interest in that. But they've approved the part that's in my district. Very so, good. yes. So what? 45, 59, 288 interchange uh, will be redone. Now, that, that's going to happen. Well, Representative, is, it, is this a fair statement? If it didn't happen here, that money and all that job creation and everything would just go somewhere else. Is that yeah, we would lose the money? I mean, there's just no doubt about it. I, I understand why people are opposed, and and it, that's one of the things that it, disrupting people's lives. It's like my mother says, you know, there's a pothole on X Street, and it's really creating problems for me. Well, I mean, you know, it is, yeah. <laughs> but there are alternative routes. So, so I guess I would understand her frustration, and I understand the frustration of people who who live in those areas. Uh, of having their neighborhoods changed uh, forever. Uh, and, and I, you know, I certainly empathize with that. However, I do understand that as a region, uh, we can't grow unless we do things like rail, uh, commuter rail, uh, have good highway system and street system, because we're going to have to fill in. Otherwise, uh, we diminish as a, as a city, and and that's something that we have to be mindful of. I, I think that we need uh, clearly need more density uh, overall, and mistakes were made uh, in the past in how freeways were built. I mean, they're not built the same way in Dallas as they are here. Uh, it's just different. It's a little more laissez-faire. Interesting. Let me ask you this, Molly. Just remind everyone here listening, when is all the dates? Early voting, voting? Just just give us that rundown so all our listeners can know. And, of course, listeners, regardless of who you support or where you are on these issues, 
go vote. Make your voice heard and known, right? This is your community. It's our community. Speak out. So, Molly, give us all the critical dates again. Absolutely. So the last day to register for voting is uh, January 31st. Early voting starts on Valentine's Day. And then Election Day is March 1st. And of course, of course, everyone needs to be very aware of using the correct identification numbers. It's frustrating we even have to talk about this. I will fight tooth and nail when I'm in office to make voting more accessible. But be sure you double check the identification numbers you use for a mail-in ballot. Very good. Well, I'm going to give you the last word. Anything you want to say? Uh, just follow us at Molly for Texas and mollyfortexas.com. And I would be so excited to fight for y'all in the legislature. Thank you, Molly. We really appreciate it. We wish you well. I think we have another caller already, Representative. Do we have another caller there? Yes. Hi, Gilbert. This is Piper Madland. Oh, well, hello, Piper. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Good. You have me, Gilbert Garcia, tip from Gilbert. And you have Representative Garnett Coleman, who, of course, uh, is a 30-year veteran, fifth in leadership in the state house. What's been going on with you, yes. Piper? Well, I'm running for Houston City Council District G, and our special election is tomorrow. So it's the last chance people have to vote, and I really want to get everybody out there to vote. It's really important. Everybody's vote is crucial in this election. And you can vote tomorrow from 7 to 7, and you can find all the locations at harrisvotes.com. You know what? I, I am embarrassed, and I'm going to tell you the truth. It seems like it snuck up on me. I didn't realize it's tomorrow. So just repeat repeat that again for everybody and just explain everybody. District G and where is that and everything? Okay. District G runs from Shepherd to Highway 6. The majority of it is from Westheimer to I-10. Inside the loop, it only goes up to the bayou. And there is also a small chunk that includes the Galleria and Afton Oaks and some of those areas, Larchmont and St. George's. But it's a nice, big district, and I am running to represent the whole district. I want to be the voice for everybody in the district. And Election Day is tomorrow from 7 to 7. Well, Piper, thank you so much for calling. Let me give you the last word. Well, everybody who's listening, it's really important that you get out and vote. Vote for Piper. We can flip this seat, bring some fresh leadership to this position. Thank you, Piper. Thank you for calling in. And we're going to come back. Thank you. We're going to come back to Representative Coleman. Uh, So, Garnet, let me ask you this. Um, Let's go back to um, it just struck me about this representative from um, the Panhandle or or where he's from there. And he's a Republican, the number four leadership. Um, Do you all reminisce about. Well, let me go back. Do you recall were you serving? Excuse my ignorance, because you probably were right around there when uh, Ann Richards was governor. Yeah, I, was, I served under uh, under her. What I mean, what is the comparison between Ann Richards and how the government was working and functioning, and where we are today? So the difference is that uh, policy to move people forward to a place uh, of good living, let's just say, was. Because everybody was a Democrat, it was a difference between conservative Democrats and uh, liberal Democrats. Uh, And, of course, Ann Richards came from the progressive liberal wing. But it was a dynamic time. Um, And and it was was very fulfilling 
Uh, and so at the same time, you had Bob Bullock. Uh, Laney was speaker. So, you know, it, it was a special time in state government, even under after George W. Bush beat and Richards. That was a, still a special time in state government where people were looking at the, how good, what good could be done as opposed to just politics. Well, you know, it's interesting that you, rep, you kind of are alluding to Governor Bush. You know, I talked to some Republican, you know, I have a, a few Republican f- friends. I mean, everybody knows I'm a Democrat, et cetera. But some of them will say to me, boy, do we long for the Bushes. I mean, do we remember the day of, I don't know the right word, you know, Republicans that will work with people that are open minded, that are just trying to do good in, in uh, the community. Do you sense that, too? Or, uh, you know, or I mean, what's happening here with this whole movement of what Donald Trump has done to the Republican Party. It's a race to the bottom. Yeah. And the reality is those who can be the most extreme are the ones who get the attention. And they have learned how to manipulate the media. And a lot of it's social media that has allowed somebody to get heard and seen. But also it's meaner. So, uh, you know, there's no interest in, in, in finding common ground, although we do in the Texas House still, but there's no interest in it, and in, in particularly on the federal level. Uh, so it's it's winner take all. And, and that's not a good way to uh, to conduct government. I mean, I voted for, for, for conservative things because it was good policy. Good policy doesn't have a party. Um, and and so I, I was very good friends with George W. Bush. I mean, very, very good friends. Um, and I, I enjoyed that. I, I felt good about it. But I felt good, really good about Ian Richards. Um, so, you know, if you look at it that way, Bill Clinton, uh, Barack Obama, I mean, you know, we can go on and on. Um, so it, it's just that you have people who put public service in front of their ideology. Well, and that's what we that's what we think of the bushes about think about the bushes. Well, I remember when I was Metro chairman, the role you played with your relationships in the Obama administration and senior White House people and to help get the full funding grant agreement. So we thank you. I don't know if everybody knows that story, but I can tell it. And it's true okay. because, uh, uh, represent, you know, when you're trying to get the full funding grant agreement, you know, you're trying every way you can. And and uh, Representative Coleman got us to the source. And that was really a, a, a really big victory. Well, do you ever sit back and say, if I had not been a state rep, I would have been a movie star. I would have been a rock star. I mean, do, do you ever think through, if I were not a state rep, I would have been a, what's that side of the Garnett Coleman? I could still do it. I would have owned a restaurant. I used to own a bar. Did <laughs> so, you really? So if you're talking about entertainment, I mean, those are things that I did. I was in food service. And... Um, now everybody wants to own a restaurant, yeah, <laughs> and everybody does. They have a you know a whatever stake in it, and I thought that that's what I'd be doing later in life or at some point, and and that's not going to happen. But it's okay. I did. I, I got a chance to do it. And that that was cool. Um, and y- y- you know, it's really about what's changed. I think is that everything is about ag- self promotion, aggrandizement. And that's really a big change in our society. Mm-hmm. I think we have another caller here. Who's calling in there? Uh, we have someone calling in. Is there a 
I can read there. Is there a Jason on the line? Yes, it's Jason. How are you doing today? Jason, you're talking to me, Gilbert, a tip from Gilbert, and we have Representative Garnet Coleman, who's a 30-year veteran, of course, in the legislature. What you got for us, Jason? Okay, the question is for uh, Mr. Coleman. I just wanted to ask, you know, you spent about 30 years in the, uh, in the House of Representatives here in Texas, and I guess it's more of a, two, um, a two-part question is, how, what was one of your biggest accomplishments so far or during your 30-year career? And then for the next representative that will be coming after you, what do you hope to kind of ingrain in that person so they can carry on the legacy that you've held for yourself? Thank you, Mr. Jason. Representative? Well, my biggest accomplishment was working with the Obama administration to write the Affordable Care Act. There were 32 of us that did that. There's nothing any more than having that opportunity uh, as a state legislator uh, to be on the Obama legislative working group for health reform. And, and, And that's something that I started working on as a policy issue uh, when it went straight into the legislature. And I think that goes along with things like, you know, CHIP and, and, and those things. But all, always we were trying to uh, expand health care in Texas. And, and, and so the ACA is, 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 is certainly a big part of that. Uh, and I, I think that if there's anything, it's, it's get, getting people health insurance or health care has been my biggest accomplishment uh, in these 30 years. That is fantastic. What about, um, you know, the future? What what, is, what what are you hoping the future representative will look back and and, and you know what what do you hope that they will take on as key issues, uh, really to keep your legacy going? Well, I think what's important is that uh, first of all that people look at the issues that uh, the folks that don't have lobbyists. Uh, need for themselves, need for those constituents. And so our challenges in all communities, not just communities of color, are uh, education, uh, criminal justice reform, health care, and uh, change for for people who are marginalized, whether they think they are or they aren't. Uh, And as it is right now, I think those are the things that every member of the legislature, particularly here I'm saying Democrats need to work on because this is not the world as, as we want it to be. And, and so, uh, so before people thought that once you pass the policy, it didn't go away. Well, guess what? It goes away. Mm-hmm. So basically we're going back in time and working on things that we had already solved. Well, well Representative, you have a son, right? Do, do you have one child or two? two. I know your son... Who's the other child? Is it another boy or, or is it a girl? My daughter. Daughter. Do you think either one of them are going to go into public service and politics one day? Oh, I don't know. I mean, um, I, I, you know, my son um, interned on Anissa's mayoral campaign and has, has done some of those things. He teaches school. Um, and so I hope, which is public service, so I hope uh, that, he looks at that, and I hope my daughter looks at it. She's 26, uh, but that's not her interest at this moment. I, you know, again, this is what I saw my family do, my uncles uh, and everyone, and it was it was ingrained. You know, not only do you vote, but you do all these other things. You raise money, uh, you knock on doors. You know, if we do nothing, we change nothing. 
And that's, that's just how I was brought up. Uh, I didn't think I was going to run for office, uh, but I said, you know, when Larry Evans unfortunately died, I said, well, I might as well do this now and get it out of my system. And then just <laughs> work and go. <laughs> get, get out of my system 30 years later, and here I am. No, that, that's phenomenal. Well, let me ask you this, uh, Representative. So uh, now that you are, you've officially not going to run again. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. What's going to be the next chapter for Garnet Coleman? So um, I created a think and do tank called the Center for Civic and Public Policy Improvement. And uh, we are in the process, we have staff, we're in the process of expanding that staff to work on these issues, education, health care, housing and criminal justice and others but those are the four that we're starting with so basically i'm gonna go do the same thing uh through this this think and do tank um and expand the areas over time uh so that's that's what i plan on doing and i might you know go to a university uh and i and i plan on making some money you know the legislature doesn't didn't pay well, if anyone deserves to make some money, it's you, my friend, having spent 30 years. But we have a caller. Who do we have there? We have two callers. We have the first one's Brian. Uh, is there a Brian on the line? Yes, sir. Go ahead there, Brian. What you got for me, my friend? Well, I was looking at his bio, and I see he won uh, or was awarded the Eli Lilly Award. You received for, the Eli Lilly Award there, Representative. And Go ahead there, Brian. Yeah, for uh, associated with mental illness and health and my mother was a psychiatrist, and I just wanted his opinion on uh, mental health in the black community because there's kind of a stigma where people don't go to therapy and whatnot. So I just want to get his opinion on that. Thank you for that. Well, several people are changing uh, the way it's perceived. So I think that that's important when someone like Simone uh, Biles says, you know, these things are, affect me. Uh, and see, I told everybody in the world in 1995 so that, you know, I had depression and bipolar disorder. So I think it's very important that we own ourselves and, and that you can get uh, treatment and it works. But some of these things are very hard to, to overcome. And there's a difference between uh, bad mood and clinical uh care needs somebody with mental illness. Yes, I think there is a stigma. I think there's a stigma in all communities, it, it, and not just in the African-American community. But yes, there's less, there's less uh, desire to reach out to uh, a, a health professional, a mental health professional. But I think that's going to change. And I tried to do my best to help change that by being very open about, about me and, and my needs. Um, and, uh, you know, I take four pills every morning. It, it, it's, 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 it's one of those things that it, it's still a, a challenge for people. And I don't know, people say they're more, uh, and this is just my point of view. People say they're more than they are. They're more comfortable with it, with mental illness and things like that. But, uh, wait till your job is talking to you about, uh, whether or not you miss work too much. Or, 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 or. Or your friends look at you differently, or something like that. No, I, I, I totally I'm get in a it. I'm wheelchair right now. People look at me funny. Well, see, I, uh, 
I, I want to talk about that. We have another caller, though, Representative. Uh, Mr. Bryan, thank you for that question. That was a wonderful question. We have another caller. Do we have another caller there on the line? Yes, this is Teresa Brewer with the Black Heritage Society. Okay, let me just let Representative Coleman know. We have Teresa Brewer the Black Heritage Society calling in here, Representative. Hello, Ms. Brewer. How are you? I do fine. Wonderful. How are you all today and the listening audience? Well, we're doing great, and we sure enjoyed the parade. And thank you for the incredible honor for having me there as one of the co-grand marshals. But the parade was a blast. My family had a blast. My kids had a blast. So thank you very much for that uh, opportunity. Did you have a question for us today or a comment for Houston? Uh, we're just so excited about uh, the parade and all the festivities that were offered on January the 17th, and we're just elated and honored to have the the volunteers. They really made this parade a success, as along with our uh, co our co uh, let's see our grand marshal as well as our co grand marshal and the city of Houston. We just want to give a shout out to you all. No questions, really. Just we're gonna try to do it again big next year and we look forward to the opportunity uh as well to continue uh commemorate dr martin luther king legacy and all that he stood for as well as uh his values we just honored to be able to bring this to the city of houston each and every year and of course we've been bringing it for 44 uh years thank you again miss brewer thank you very much for calling in representative she was just saying thank you to houston and thank you for uh, all the members of the citizens that were there lined up for the parade, and she was thanking all the volunteers, and she was just kind of reflecting on uh, Dr. King and what that legacy meant. Um, so, uh, Ms. Brewer, thank you very much for calling in, and thank you for all that you and the society do. Thank you for being uh, being um, a team sport player in the community, uh, just being in the brotherhood and represent, you know, we promoting uh, inclusion and diversity. And that was our theme, be a, a, drum major, a drum major for justice. So thank you for your input as well, sir. Amen. Thank you. Well, Houston, speaking of drum majors for justice, that's uh, Representative Coleman and the Coleman family. So let's go back to your father for a second, uh, Garnet, which is, um, so he became a licensed physician in what year? Uh, so he graduated from med school in 1956. He opened a practice here in Houston in 1963, which is his residency in Washington, D.C. He went to Howard Med School. Of course, he couldn't go to any other med school. So, uh, you know, med schools in Texas. Um, and I, I think that, that, you know, living those things, uh, you know, he, he, he did his Patient, yeah, his patient care was at Riverside Hospital. He was chief of staff. Uh, he was chief of the obstetrics uh, department. Um, you, you know, uh, he was from that time of, of Jim Crow. He used to tell us, you know, when he would go, we would go home. I, I, we moved back here when I was three. Uh, and we'd go, he would go home. And, you know, just, just the fear of driving across the country through the South. Uh, you know, he, he, he intimated all of those things and, and, and the challenges. So it, it's, it's important that we pass those challenges on to our children and grandchildren and make sure they understand, as we know, it's still not done. Well, Representative, it's really amazing. Can you imagine what it was like for your dad? I mean, it's, it, going to medical school is quite an achievement, and it's a difficult thing. 
because the minority community is so underrepresented in healthcare and doctors and running hospitals, all those things. But can you imagine in 1960 and 63? My goodness, Garnett, your father's amazing. Um, so what's really important is there were uh, historically black colleges and universities, just like the Hispanic serving universities. That's the reason he was able to go to med school, because there were two medical schools, Howard University Med School and Meharry Med School. Howard University had a dental school. If they weren't there, he could never have gone to med school. My uncle went to Meharry. So it's this idea that they were you couldn't go to UT Med. You couldn't go to UTMB. You couldn't go. That's just, it's, it's hard to imagine. And somehow, though, uh, Representative, I feel, I mean, am, I blink my eye and we're talking about a lot of the same issues that we've been yes, talking you know? about for 30 years, 40 years. When I hear in my industry that, well, there aren't enough Hispanic money managers and African-American money managers and we can't get allocation of assets and and here we are talking about gerrymandering and, and voting rights and, all. and i'm like wait a minute we're talking about the same issues representative am i missing something i want to say stop the madness no you're not missing anything i mean what you're seeing is a retrenchment based on the loss of power and so the people who had the power don't want to give it up uh, and those are the money elites, the political elites, and uh, they happen to be the ones that are losing power. And that would be, uh, unfortunately, typically white males. They feel the same way about women. Um, and so they don't want to be, if you've always been on top, you don't want to be second or at the bottom. And, and so what, 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 what it requires... And, to not be at the bottom is to, to maintain your control. The idea that there was a black president, man, that, that just threw people for a loop. Yeah. Can you imagine? How can you be president? Yeah, can you imagine the feeling of some of these folks? Was like, wait a minute, and then of course they they look at the name and they're like, wait, wait, I, I don't know that name. How did that name come about? I mean, can you imagine? So, so that's a good thing, and and and, and again, um, it had to come. Um, and these fights always have to be fights. You know, we didn't overcome Jim Crow uh, quietly. Some of it was quiet, but some of it wasn't. And so we have to have a reckoning every now and then, and that's what we're in the middle of, a reckoning as to what our country wants to be going forward. Well, I know we have two more callers, but we may not be able to get to them, so let me just apologize in advance to, I think there's an Ernestine, and I think there's, uh, I think Teresa's back. I don't think we're going to be able to get to those questions because we're coming on wrap, wrapping up, and I, and I have another topic for representative, and then we'll close out with our song. So I so apologize to y'all, but call again. A tip from Gilbert, talk, inspiration, and prayer, 11 to 1145 KWWJ, and that number, 832-570-8075. So, representative, I think we all know that what you've been going through with your health issues, we're saying a prayer for you what has it taught you um, and has it changed how you view things or not? And you may want to share what you're comfortable sharing here to Houston. Sure. Um, bad health is a problem because it gets in the way of everything, particularly if you lose your mobility. Uh, that, that's that's a, a, a real issue. Uh, and you don't know what freedom is until you lose it. Also, you don't know what it's like to be three feet tall 
because if you're in a wheelchair, you're three feet tall, people just ignore you. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a very interesting thing uh, that if so, being quote unquote, I'm not totally disabled, it's not, but but being disabled at a, at a certain point, no, it was obvious. <laughs> so I did, that was the part that was the worst. That it's just saying with, with mental illness, people say they understand, but they don't. They treat you. They don't realize that they're treating you differently. And and you know what? As much as I think I've even caught myself saying, I can appreciate it. There's no way you can appreciate it till it's happened to you, till you are d- disabled, or till you are lose one of your uh, senses or something. There's just no way you can know. Um, you, you know, uh, Representative, there was an old show. Remember Carol Burnett? And near the end, they had that song where, I'm so glad we had this time together. Uh, well, at the end of the day, 45 minutes goes like that. Um, we're going to close out here with our song. This, again, is from the great Jonathan Livingston Seagull, Neil Diamond. And uh, I'm going to turn it up as we go. And then Representative and I are going to close out here on Facebook right after. We have two minutes here. I want to say a big thank you to Representative Coleman, not just for for really, you know, for being on the show, but more importantly for all that he and his family have done to change the lives of not only Houstonians, but people of color all over the nation. And he probably doesn't get enough thank yous. So I'm going to say it right now. Representative, thank you for your uh, service. And we really admire you and your family, and we really appreciate all that you've done. I'm going to give you the last word, Representative. Uh, thank you very much. I mean, you know, again, um, service is demanded uh, when times are not good for you, right? or for the people you're a part of. So, which we find out really quickly is we think we've solved something and we haven't. So it demands vigilance and it demands that continued fight. Uh, and I think we're in a process where you need more people doing that. And I, and I hope that's uh, what happens. And I think it will. It's just that we're going to keep going through this desert for a little while. So I'm not going anywhere. I may not be elected, but I'm still going to be in the fight. Amen to that. I, I think that's a, a great feeling to end on, which is Representative Coleman's not going anywhere. And in fact, he might even do more with his think tank and all the things he's doing. So that's fantastic. I think we're sort of winding up here in the last 30 seconds or so. And then we're going to just switch out and say goodbye on Facebook. Uh, I want to thank everybody at KWWJ. I want to thank all the callers. This is your radio show, so we only can get things done when we uh, really talk, call in, candidates, community, what's going on with the schools, what's going on in your neighborhood, your church. Call in. Let us know. Let me know when we're off there, producer on the radio there. I think we're closing out here. I just love this song.
All right. We thank KWWJ. We're still here on, of course, Facebook and all the other social media outlets. We have Representative Coleman, Garnett Coleman, of course, uh, really a legend in Texas history when you serve 30 years in the legislature and you do so many great things to change the lives of Texans and people all over the country. Uh, Garnet, the, the last thing I would say to you is, or ask you is, out there in the universe, there's a young Garnet Coleman out there, or there's a young a female, you know, young person of color, African-American young lady in school and so forth. And what do you say to them about public service, you know? And how do you tell them to don't get down with what they're seeing with the, the storm on the Capitol and all these meanness and madness? You know, what do you say to them about, you know, stick with it. We need you. Serve. Um, so you're talking to them right now. Somewhere out there, there's a young person listening to this. What do you tell them? I tell them that uh, you have a responsibility and an obligation in a country that is a representative democracy, where, you may, where the individual uh, maintains the majority of their power to use it for good. And the time that you buck up and really work on it is when it's bad, not just when it's good, but when it's, when it's bad. Uh, and so running for office, do good. It's not a celebrity job. Do good, because that's what people need to do. Uh, they need to change policy. Sometimes we're in the wilderness, uh, you know, like, and you have to make change through advocacy. But you have to never stop. You never have, can stop advocating because, as we see now, the clock can be rolled back, and it has been. And it's going to take a while to get it back to the playing field we were already on. So, so what I would say to them is do as much you can do while you can do it. Uh, and, and, and that's very, very important. Well, I appreciate that. And remember, uh, viewers, you can, of course, hear our show last week and even the week before. Last week, of course, we did live on location on the parade. And the week before, we celebrated some of Dr. King's most incredible speeches. And just remember that one mountaintop when he says, I may not get there with you, but we as a people will get to the promised land. In powerful words. But, but understand this. My father was at Fisk when Martin Luther King was at, at Morehouse, two historically black colleges. They were young people. And, and so it's really important to understand that everybody was doing civil rights work at that time. And I call them the, the greatest generation of civil rights activists because it was everybody. It's like you had an underground. So everybody's objective was to make that change. So it, it was a different world, but it's a world that one has to understand that was came together as, as, as people of color to make that change and, and, and non-people of color. So, so it's, it's, it's one of those things we don't think about. We don't think about Benny Reyes being uh, elected to the legislature when the Voting Rights Act created single-member districts uh, in Texas. We don't think about that. Uh, you know, these are things that can go away, just like what happens with redistricting now in the gutting of the Voting Rights Act. Well, that is why, young people, this is your city. This is your world. Get involved. Vote. Register to vote. And when you see these candidates doing things that you don't appreciate or you don't agree with, vote them out. Have a voice. Be the next Garnet Coleman. Be the next you, whatever that might be. 
Representative, I'm going to give you the last word again. So keep it real. My friend Keith Wade, uh, my cousin, taught me how to keep it real. And don't be afraid of, of speaking truth to power. I've never minced my words, and you know that. And so the reality of it is change doesn't happen if you mince your words or hide in a corner or cower. And I think that's the biggest difference. I wouldn't try to be politic about something. What I would try to do and continue to do is to make sure that people understand if you're running around trying to survive as an elected official, you're not doing anything. Amen to that. Ladies and gentlemen, let's thank Mr. Representative Garnet Coleman and his family for all they've done. Let's wish his son and daughter well as they start their journey as young adults. And you are here with a tip from Gilbert. Of course, I'm Gilbert Garcia. Talk, inspiration, and prayer is what that means. Every Monday, 11 to 11.45, KWWJ, keep walking with Jesus. 1360 AM, 96.9 FM. Call in anytime, 832-570-8075. I know we had two or three callers that were there that we didn't get to. I apologize. Call again. Come again. And if you see Representative Coleman, thank him. Thank him for his service. And Representative... We'll be signing off. I'm hugging you via cyberspace. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Gilbert. My pleasure. We'll see you next time, Houston. This is Gilbert Andrew Garcia. Join me on my new radio show, A Tip from Gilbert. Talk, inspiration, and prayer every Monday from 11 to 11.45 at 96.9 FM, 1360 AM, KWWJ. Or you can call in at 832-570-570. 8075. Write me at a tip from Gilbert at gmail.com. See you then.